The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, and our global responsibilities and what we need to learn for life to be for eternity. Have you ever stopped to think, like I have been studying for over 30, 40 years, Earth has the water and how important that is to the rest of the solar system. If you stand away from Earth like our astronauts have and NASA and NOAA and others have and our special guest that comes on quite frequently, Dr. Dwayne Cecil, who's with, been with NASA, NOAA, and uh, now directing water research for the United States government, can you understand that the responsibility of all of us on this planet Earth is the water and how important that water is to not only our life for eternity but influencing the solar system? We must have our astronauts continue to study. We need NASA to continue, NOAA to study. You can never stop that budget because it is primarily we're looking at water, climate change, what is happening to the health issues on our planet Earth. And it doesn't just going on a vacation to go to another planet. It's by far more serious. Water issues are number one in their research. On the Sharon Klein Hour, we've discussed life-threatening water wars. We've been into those countries. The global water and health crisis of what's going on with what I find the most fascinating study is dehydration diseases. In other words, the moment you were born and you came from that pocket of water in that delivery room, you no longer had the water around you the way you were for those months. You begin what's called a dehydration. Because you're 80% water, we're like a walking water sponge, we must have water, fresh water to drink every day, at least 8 to 10 glasses of water a day. The other one I've been studying also is the water and tea. Water is primary, the most important part of your day. But I've been learning more about the tea world for 5,000 years. It's very exciting to learn about tea. Don't run to the medicine cabinet. <clears throat> Look at the tea world and see which tea might be exciting to be able to learn more about. Good nutrition. We've had doctors from Harvard and Tufts and all over the country and the world about food what are we going to do with our diet with this new climate change? It's not a new climate change. It's changing much more effective. It's dehydrating us even faster. What about all those diseases we're having? Stress number one, but all the diseases that we're having that we are not really getting rid of, we're finding them out a little too late. Dehydration is a big reason for 
the number one reason for what is happening to our health issues, how we sleep, and more. And today I have a very exciting guest because I it's been brought to my attention for several years, something that I didn't study enough, but is rapid eye technology, the muscle of the eye. And now have you ever understood that the muscle of your arms, the muscle of your fingers, the muscle of your toes, the muscle of your legs, the muscles of your heart, and the muscles of the eye, though? Have you ever stopped to think about what might be happening to the muscles of the eye? I have. We have uh, Renee Johnson today, who's the founder of Rapid Eye Technology, and we're going to learn a lot. Then we have our second guest is Jim Durking, who's president and CEO of Liberty Natural Products and the Oregon Lavender Farm. I have yes, been studying not only herbs through the years, but I've been studying lavender, and it is very fascinating, and we'll learn a lot. I want you to know that during the show, uh, always stop to think about what this person, our guests are the most wonderful people I have ever, ever had a relationship with. We've had over 450 guests from all over the world. We've been in Holland. We've been in Kenya. We've been all over. And these guests are dedicated and committed. Listen to their tone of voice. They're dedicated to a better life and a more human mission of life to make the planet a healthier place. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Biologic Aqua Research Center. It's a sponsor of Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product worldwide patented to be able to supplement the water in the eye. Did you know at the surface of your cornea is in the tear film with the aqueous layer of the tear film? It's 99% water. It needs to be supplemented. Eye drops cause a flooding. So if your doctor's recommended an eye drop, you need to moisturize, mist naturally before you apply the eye drops. Always remember that. Mist with Nature's Tears Eye Mist, which is tissue culture water, with just a mist. Well, listen to our sponsor and be right back with Renee Johnson. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Renee, are you with us? I am. Well, thank you for taking time with us today. 
And uh, we've, I want to get in your time as much as I humanly can here because you have so much to teach us. But before we begin discussing rapid eye technology <clears throat> exercise therapy for the eyes that I find so fascinating, tell us about you and uh, your past and how did you get into uh, owning a school, being an author, and um, being the founder of Rapid Eye Technology? Well, it all started when I had an autistic child and uh, went the gamut of doctors and drugs and thinks it didn't work and had to look at what the body was naturally doing to relieve stress. And that's what we do. We simulate the REM sleep and an awake state where the mind now can give a new message. And it works really well. We've been around for about 30 years. Um, I have... Um, seven children altogether, six of my own and one of my husband's, and uh, they're all grown, so I have about 26 grandchildren and six great-grandchildren now, and we are really blessed to have Rapid Eye. We use it all the time on our own family. Okay, tell us, tell our audience now, first of all, before we begin, let's start them out with the human eye organ has is, this is a muscle that you're we're, is there, are we going to be discussing the muscle of the eye today um well it's very important uh, every time you move your eyes a different way you get a different reaction in the brain and the mind and that in turn affects the whole body and all the systems okay so and it's when very important it to, to exercise in, your eyes every day right now when you found it for an autistic child what did you find the results to be as we begin to teach our class here today? Um, well, it doesn't cure autism, but it, what we found is it does increase their um, ability to learn because we, we get rid of a lot of the stress and the trauma, which is what rapid eye does. But you found that it to be in the uh, organ of the eye connecting to the nerve endings, the muscles, Yes. So this is something, Renee, I today, and, and always bear with me when I interrupt, because I know the audience has probably not many people heard of rapid eye technology. And I'm concerned, I've been studying the eye for a long time now, and I've been very concerned that uh, we're sitting at a computer today, and our eyes are not getting the, the motion that is so important for the eye to be able to exercise. In other words, our fingers, our our, uh, we're going out and our toes are mocking and our fingers are moving and our arms are moving and we can go into exercise in the gym uh, today or go for a walk, but we're not exercising the eyes. And Renee, this to me is very concerning when I got to looking at the research background of this. We're not ex- we did not know how to exercise our eyes. This is true. And everybody, everything else is exercise for whatever, and good nutrition has to be important too. But tell us, first of all, the muscles of the eye. How many muscles are in the eye that are in there making a motion, a move? Well, you know, I don't, I don't recall that right off the top of my head, but I know there's a lot of them. And um, when, you, when you move your eyes back and forth, you actually get your left brain talking to right brain. Mm-hmm. And when you look up, you'll access memory, recall, and when you look down, you access feelings. Never notice when someone feels sad, they look down naturally. Okay. 
And when we can move our eyes around, whether we roll them around or whether we move back and forth or look up, you'll. some people will notice when they look up it actually hurts, or when they look down it actually hurts, or over to one side or the other it'll hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's because they haven't looked there for so long mm-hmm. that the eye muscle is very weak over there, and that's usually where you store most of your stress is the places you don't exercise. Mm-hmm. Now, I had have had doctors on, and one particular group from infancy were saying that from the moment that baby's born, we're not studying enough of the, um, of the eyes. And a lot of babies are ending up with growing into adults that are, didn't know that their anxiety, their anger, their frustration is something to do with maybe the eyes. This and there's true. our prisons, he mentioned, um, are full of individuals who maybe it was something to do with the eyes that are causing the anxiety, the stress, and the uh, challenges to their life. And, and you stop and think about it, Renee, how important our eyes are to our everyday life. This is it, true. When, we, um, when we're born, we go through a lot of trauma, which we store as life-threatening. And sometimes, a lot of times, even before birth in the womb, there's a lot of life-threatening things going on that the baby takes in. Mm-hmm. And when they're born, these core issues are there, which are acted out throughout their life. And we have to move the eye. That's the nature's natural way of letting go of the stress and the trauma is to move the eyes. Mm-hmm. And so when we do that it, in REM sleep naturally, our eyes go back and forth and go around. And if you ever watched a baby when they're... And now, sleep. I'm going to back you up and interrupt that one. Uh, I know the audience is wondering, when you sleep naturally, what did you just say? When you sleep, you naturally let go of your stress and trauma in REM sleep. Uh-huh. But you hold on to that traumatic message of life-threatening, and that's what makes it so powerful when, you're, when you do this process while you're awake because you give new instruction, new verbal input to, to let it go. Mm-hmm. And then the body will actually, you're, you're doing a lot of things. You're not only exercising the eyes, but you're accessing different parts of the brain and neural pathways in the brain to let go of those traumatic messages. You know, we had a doctor on here from China, Renee, and she was saying something. Well, Sharon, as you know, the heart is, um, is influencing the brain, your heart. And uh, I said, it's the, you know, what you mean, Dr. Chow, it's, the rhythm and there's no doubt that the heart has a rhythm on the eyes there's just no doubt right and the muscles and pardon i agree with that and people have to realize that are listening that we're the the human eye organ has not really advanced into really understanding and getting the education out to all of the world on how important your eyes are from the moment you're born in that delivery room, you open that eyelid, and the eyes are everything to do with your individual life. They're every moment, so your nutrition and your sleep. And now we're going to learn a little bit more about exercise. Uh, Renee, it is a fact that now they're sitting at computers, and you may not know this or you have heard about it, that the computer is causing an enormous problem with anxiety, carpal tunnel, uh, gout, gastric juices of weight around the swelling around the abdomen, not eating correctly, not digesting correctly. 
and then staring at that computer all day, or now at an iPad uh, phone. And can you imagine the eyes squinting down to see that little thing below you? Are you bringing it clear to the face? Or are you holding it way down? So, Renee, you can imagine what the frustrations of those of us in research are going through. How, what, what, what's the education here with these people that are even de- destroying their eyes? And this new, not new approach, but your education, your school, and your finding more about uh, rapid eye technology is an exercise. Yes, Tell us how um, a person can exercise their eyes. What does that mean? Well, um, just moving your eyes anyway helps. But if you use, if you look directly ahead and you look from one side to the other, you access what we call auditory part of the brain. And when you look up high, you you get the visual recall back and forth. And when you look up and down, you get visual feeling areas. And any way you look at the eye, it's going to help. Just rolling your eyes all the way around, you're going to hit all of those modalities and then rolling them back the other way is probably one of the best exercises you can do. Now, when you do this, do you keep your, can you close your eyes or you keep your eyes open? You can open? do it both. Open your eyes way. and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when I'm stopping to think about, uh, uh, so when the person is, uh, and it makes sense, if you stretch your arm way up or you stretch your leg way out, or you lean over and do a bending exercise, or you go for a walk, or you, you know, it's, it's giving your body a chance to have a circulation. The eyes need it too. They do, and sometimes just closing your eyes real tight, open, tight, open, will relieve and let go of a lot of that radiation that we're taking in. Okay, you just got another one. What is the radiation? Explain that to the audience. Well, we get a lot of radiation from the computer, from iPhones, from TV. What about satellites in the air running all over the planet? High voltage wires over top of you, microwave ovens. They're all, we're giving a real big input of a lot of different electricity on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, people don't realize that when that electricity is on, and that uh, powerful, that electricity is depending upon the water and the air we don't see called humidity. Well, why is it the human life gets electrocuted so quickly by whatever is because of that water connection, that combustion, but also just what you said, all of that energy in the air. Well, and because we are mostly water, we know that water is a catalyst. It picks up energy, and so our bodies just absorb negative or positive energy, whatever we're around all the time. Well, where my research is at, and they brought me in to study it many years ago, Renee, is the surface of the cornea, the surface of the eye, is in the, there's a clear tear film. There's three layers. Yes. In the middle layer, there's the aqueous layer, and there was no method ever to supplement that, to replenish it, give it the thirst cleansing. The moisture starvation has been experiencing from thousands of years. And the eye drops cause a what called a flooding, a drying. It's a shock. And if you don't get the water level first, and I then studied that just what you said, that electrolytic energy in the eye is the water. And as the water begins to deplete and change uh, any amount of, of moisture level for that individual, 
it could cause the eyesight to begin to change. And then also connect to the brain and cause an anxiety and probably a lot of stress. Well, all and then dry mouth. Now you're teaching us that the eyes must be also exercising. And you had an autistic child and it gave him a chance to live a more normal life. And you've exercised that with many people. Now you've got, I've saw on here, first responders. What are you doing with first responders to teach them uh, or to get them involved with rapid eye technology? Well, we teach them about um, the eye movements. And uh, when you get to a person that's been in an accident, what you do right off the bat is very uh, important, and that usually a paramedic will look in the eyes and track the eyes to see what's going on in the brain or how if there's any damage. Mm-hmm. And if you move the eyes back and forth just in the auditory mode, like if you're looking straight ahead and you look from one side to the other, you'll let go of a lot of the anxiety and the trauma of the accident right off the bat. Uh-huh. Just that much is an emergency process. Okay, um, now uh, I ran into something that I think has been lack of education, lack of research, because I think it uh, should have another direction, is addiction. Now, I'll tell you where I come from with addiction. And by the way, I agree with you with that. Um, when there's been an um, accident or the individual that's there that needs attention immediately, you're right about the eyes. Um, you're one of the first people I've ever heard tell us that, uh, about that. Now, the other one is addiction. I've said uh, people can be allergic, and you don't know which person's allergic to what. And it could be allergic to a food that causes a glucose to continue to get toxic, and then all of a sudden the person becomes overwhelmed, let's just say it, with consumption of what that's doing for them that they can't even understand. Because it's been said, people who are addict- addictive or addiction don't even feel like they are. They really don't want to, what does that mean to them? And they get consumed by it to the point. They don't want to admit their, what's going on because it's foreign territory even to them. Well, the nice thing about rapid eye is is that it lets go of all the stress and trauma because with allergies or with addictions or anything, there's a lot of stress and trauma that goes on. If we can relieve the trauma and the stress, then um, they have a lot better chance of everything else working. Do you think that's doing any detoxifying? Because motion detoxifies. Um, and that's what I was going to say. Toxin is, and I, I'm a little more blunt than a lot of people are with, with the word toxin. Jenny, have you ever noticed the words we choose out there to educate our everybody? Is they're mild. <laughs> I don't go there. When I was talking to the United Nations about different countries of the world that don't have water, let's just say they don't have a toilet, they can't wash their hands, they're having a severe bacteria problems. And uh, with um, what you just, we want to talk toxin, is the, the uh, let's just say it, the crap backup that isn't getting out of the body that needs to detoxify. It backs up, causes a swelling, and turns into toxin. And, be, and all of a sudden, if we can't release that, and then the eyes, they say that they're finding more because of uh, the research and the dehydration of the eye now and the hydration that there's a toxin in the eye. There is, and it lets go when we do rapid eye. It comes right out of the eyes. People okay. will actually get a film in their eye uh, like you do when you're asleep. 
when we do rapid eye. It's coming out of the eyes and out of the pores of the body when we do rapid eye. There we People go. People will have, actually taste garlic. They'll taste metallic tastes and things as, as we do rapid eye sessions on them. Right. Now, have you had anybody come to you, for, uh, any of the doctors, to talk about uh, what's going on out there with, into, oh, spe- uh, with uh, the computer? And, oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, your school has got to be um, getting a lot of attention because of the computer. Well, we've been doing research and development for a lot of years, and we find out more and more. I think we're still just on the brink of finding out a lot of things that we didn't know. And we found out a lot of things that work. And the nature of things that are causing the problem is not you want to go that way before you go to the medicine cabinet or to the surgery room. They need to learn young, um, and families need to walk away from the delivery room with a new baby with eye education as much as they are with other educations, Renee. Absolutely. Exactly. Now We get people off their medication, by the way, monitored with their doctor, of course. Uh-huh. And the common sense, it will begin to release depression because it teaches you how to exercise the eye during the distress or the depression. Uh, does it also help you learn to sleep better? Um, it has helped a lot of people with sleep deprivation. It really has. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get rid of a lot of the trauma and the stress and things that keep coming up, the nightmares, the different mm-hmm. uh, things that are stressing oh, you out all day, you bed. Think about, right. yeah, right. it makes you sleep a lot better. Now, I've said to different doctors, we've had on here different ones, that sleep is just as important as your drinking water, number one. Number two, your diet is vital. And then sleeping is so important. It and is. a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go to bed now, and I'm naturally going to go to sleep. And, Renee, I don't believe that. I think I'm going to go to bed now, and I have to prepare to go to sleep. And is there some type of exercise with the eyes uh, that they can learn to do with, uh, let's say they haven't, they haven't taken a rapid eye yet or they may not have anybody in the community, but, and I want them to come to our website and your website and learn more about where they're at in the community. But what does the person do? Let's say you're getting ready for bed and you really want to sleep well and you want to relax. What would they do to if they exercise again? Just We'll bring it up again. Well, um we have to be a little bit careful about doing too much eye, eye exercises just before you go to sleep because it starts you to process. Okay. I think if you couple your eye movement, your exercises, maybe just in auditory back and forth, you'll keep out of the feeling area okay. and you'll stay in auditory where, where it's least amount, uh, likely to you know, trigger you, as you say. Okay. And that will, and then maybe even meditation. Sometimes meditation is really good at night before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Now, before a person goes to have on meditation or relax or whatever, is it just a, a something simple like close the eyes uh, tight and open them and close them and then kind of do one circle around? And well, that's kind of probably good intense. for morning exercise. Okay, morning. Because so when you do tight shut, tight shut, you actually access cell memory. Which is another whole story. And so okay, you don't really right. want to get into that. When okay, but let's say it real quickly. It does something to memory. What is it? It gets into the cell memory when you do shut tight open okay. a lot. Okay. Okay. So now at night you... it's better to just stay back and just do the back and forth. Back and forth. There mm-hmm. we go. Because I'm thinking that people that are sitting at a computer, they've been driving all day, or they've been sitting at a desk staring down at a piece of paper... 
um, that if they did just a little tiny something to just take the tension off. It's not going to be um, hard to do, relaxing, um, and that's what I was thinking. Maybe it would just be a way to take a little bit of something mo- uh, uh, off the tension so of the rolling eyes. the eyes would be really well, or moving back and forth and zigzagging all the way down to the floor. Okay, back there we go. Back and forth all the way back up to your Okay, but we only have see. about four minutes left. Uh, tell us, if you were taking, if we, if a person went to have a rapid eye technology with it, with an individual that has been trained by your school and has the certification to do this, what is the course that they take? Well, they go to the website, which is rapideyetechnology.com, and we have an international directory there that they can find a technician nearest them. Mm-hmm. And how many places in the country do you have rapid eye technology being taught? Well, it's pretty worldwide now, all over. Mm-hmm. Um, some some countries don't have any, but we're getting more and more all the time overseas. Now, are you one of the first ones to do it here in the United States? Um, yes. I Our particular model, there are other eye models out there, but our particular mm-hmm. model has been around since um, about 83 We've been doing research for a lot of years. Now, where did the rapid eye technology begin? Where did that technology originate? Well, it, it came to me, and it all came to uh, another lady called um, Francine Shapiro. She does her rapid eye, uh, just part of the movements that we do. She does it to go with talk therapy. The rapid eye is actually affecting all the systems, and we teach everybody, all of our technicians and therapists, everything they need to know how to do this process. Mm -hmm. So we are probably the only school in Salem, Oregon, that teaches the rapid eye. Now, we have lots of satellite schools out there, but this is the institute where the research and development goes on. Mm -hmm. And And which country of the world do you think this began first? Uh, The United States probably didn't have it Oh, yes, United States right here in Oregon where we started, we're still here. Is the first one to do it, uh-huh. wherever in the world? I'm the one that developed it, myself and my research team. Okay. Well, I'm a believer of the fact that we need to learn more. And uh, I'll give you the last minute and a half to tell the audience um, what you think about it and what you think the future of it is. Okay, thank you very much. Um, well, the best thing to do in a minute and a half is tell you and encourage you to go to the website because there's a class catalog there. You can um, find out all about us. Uh, we are a vocational, a licensed vocational career school. We train therapists of all kinds and lay people to do the rapid eye. So you can have a new career if you need sessions. Uh, you can go to the directory and find a technician nearest you. So we are excited about what we do. The research and development is ongoing all the time. We're always learning new things that work with the eyes. We're excited to find the water because we've known for a long time how important water is to the whole body. And um, I certainly support the work that's going on with the eye mist. And I hope that you will go and look at our website because it's very important to your family. We've got people off of drugs. We've let go of so many. Have they taken you into the prisons to work with some of the prisons? Yes, we have. I bet they have. Some of our technicians are working in the prisons. All over the country, we are doing a lot of good work. Mm -hmm. We also teach what we call new skills for living that go with the rapid eye. 
Because mm-hmm. we believe that if you keep your same attitude and your same habits, you're going to get the same results. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think, Renee, that America is becoming the consciousness of the rest of the world to think about more of what they did in the East to learn how to take care of ourselves. And we're wanting, we already had our West outlook. We, we think we've got to get in the middle and get into an ecosystem with all of this. And nature and also Oregon is becoming the earth spa of the world for nature to me. I am, my second guest is Jim Durking from up there in northern Oregon, and we're going to learn more about uh, lavender today and what's going on with the herbs and but all over the United States and the world, we've been learning how what Oregon is so into, all the natural. And look what I've been doing with my research. And, of course, the Power of Water radio talk show is the only talk show like it in the world. That's right. And, we and it do all goes all together. <laughs> it all works together. It all, we're here in Oregon among these mountains. We sure love it in Oregon. Well, we do. And I want to thank you for joining us today. And I'm sure I'd love to have you on again because I'll have a lot of questions and then we can dive into getting some more questions answered that the audience may have. Thank you very much. You have a very special day, and you keep up that work. And I know you're, by listening to your tone, you're committed to what you're doing for a lifetime. I am. You have a nice day, and wish everybody well, and you be well. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Wow, just think about your eyes now. We exercise, uh, we hear about exercise. But did you know your eyes need to have that motion of look up and look up and around and circle, go back around, look up and around and circle, look far left, look far le- right, up and down, close in and out. And she said, don't do it always at night so tight. But that little bit of exercise is going to be vital to releasing tension and also maybe getting rid of some blurriness and thinking about focusing on your eyes and taking better care of your eyes. That's just one more eye education that we could offer you here. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. The aqueous layer of the eye is 99% water at the surface. Did you know that? And did you know that eye drops cause a flooding? It can dehydrate. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only tissue culture water in the world with a fine mist to be able to supplement. And gals, it does soften the crow's feet. It doesn't, it doesn't drip. And the eye makeup always looks vibrant. But for and contact lenses and any before, after LASIK and any reasons of sitting at the computer all day long, you should be using it at least four to six times. Just a mist. Well, listen to our product, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Jim Durking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Jim, are you with us? I sure am, Sharon. Well, I thank you for joining us, and um, I think when I'm talking to you today, I'm sure the lavender has already been harvested. And today I, we're going to discuss some of your, the world you're in, Liberty Nash, Natural Products, which are herbs too, but uh, I brought you on so the world could hear about lavender, what's going on with lavender. And uh, it's one of my favorite things I was studying, and I got into Jim studying the teas of the world, and then all of a sudden I found myself moving into lavender. And before we get into anything else, tell us how you began growing lavender. Well, uh, my uh, company, Liberty Natural Products, uh, distributes uh, essential oils and uh, botanical extracts from around the world. And uh, here about uh, 11 years ago, we bought a uh, 90-acre farm, and our goal was to uh, have some botanical gardens, some uh, aromatic herb gardens and so forth, and we had to choose um, an herb, and uh, lavender was the... uh, the best choice because it's uh, probably the most uh, widely um, loved uh, herb of all the herbs. Yeah, the fragrance of lavender um, is unbelievable. And what I'm finding is all an audience needs to know. It's in preserves now. It's in baked goods now. It's in, I recently, Jim, bought a soda that said lavender water. I wasn't a soda. I apologize. Lavender water. They're putting <laughs> lavender in wines. They're putting lavender in the oils, of course, for uh, scenting the room. And but again, it's it's unbelievable. But audience, it needs to know it's an herb. And oh, by the way, too, Jim, we're seeing it growing in landscaping in a lot of places. Uh, people are adding the lavender plant to their landscaping. Lavender is definitely coming into its own. The uh, particular interest in culinary applications seems to be increasing. Uh, we talk to a lot of chefs who are more and more interested in uh, using it in uh, desserts as well as uh, in uh, drinks and, and so forth. Now, it adds, as, you know, um, it, I had a preserve, a boysenberry preserve, and I couldn't believe the taste tasted like a luxury of something. Uh, when they add that extra hint of lavender. Um, now, tell us, you got into it, and um, how long have you been in it now? Well, we've been growing lavender since uh, 2002. Um, uh, a number of years ago, I met a gentleman by the name of Dr. Don Roberts, who's a former uh, OSU professor, and uh, he developed a particular um, a variety of uh, English lavender um, called Buena Vista, named after an area near Albany. And so we bought our initial uh, plugs, as they're called, um, from him. And uh, I think we bought uh, something like 25,000 so we could put in 10 acres of lavender. Mm -hmm. And uh, we first started uh, harvesting uh, in 2002. Mm -hmm. And uh, so our plants are uh, uh, about nine years old now. Now, when a person would plant a lavender plug... Um, and they begin to grow. How long does it take it to mature? 
You know, uh, to come to uh, full maturity, um, I would say about uh, two and a half to three years right in there. So you had to wait for about three years before you decided what you're going to do with it. Well, not really. Uh, you actually, uh, um, uh, immediately it starts producing lavender flowers. It just doesn't come to its full maturity in terms of size. Okay. So uh, we actually uh, started uh, uh, harvesting, uh, hand harvesting, um, um, you know, six months after we had planted it. Okay. Now, I, I guess that when, is it like any other plant that when you uh, harvest it that way every year from there on, it probably would grow and be healthier. Um, not yeah. just let it, just let it, not not cut it, and not harvest it. In other words, if you just let it go for a couple of years and don't do anything with it, it probably would not be as healthy. Am I right yeah. or wrong? It, well, that's my understanding. Uh, we okay. always, uh, uh, one way or another, prune it. When we right. first planted our lavender, we got a second flush, a second flowering. Oh, um, you did. Yeah, which was, from an economic standpoint was uh, very, very beneficial. All right. Also, knowing that you have 10 acres of uh, lavender and you have to uh, prune it, uh, it's um, more financially beneficial to be pruning uh, uh, flowers that you can make mm-hmm. oil or mm-hmm. sell bunches from. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now, I've been learning a lot about teas and the harvesting. Now, if you harvest one uh, cutting, let's say, and you want to get a second cutting, have you ever, for example, gotten a third cutting? No. In fact, uh, that was the direction that I was going is, unfortunately, we're finding that our second flushes uh, are not happening. Uh, we'll start, uh, you know, getting green flower buds, but uh, we'll get a frost beforehand and, okay. and the, uh, the, the flowers quit producing. This year, we have less green buds. We think it's uh, because of the lateness of the, uh, the season. You know, we, we were... Uh, three to four weeks behind, just uh, similar with uh, other crops. And, uh, of course, right now all the um, grape growers are, are very uh, interested in seeing how uh, it's going to turn out. Okay. Now, on your lavender harvest, does it require a lot of water? Or does, it particular, does it require a particular type of soil? Um, now, you bought the property before you decided to get into lavender. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So all, you had to... Um, decide how you were going to get the soil and the and to to be whatever you did to prepare that soil for the lavender. Uh, probably one of the most you know this is what I've been taught is is that the pH uh, balancing the pH of the soil mm-hmm. is very very important. But it's similar to grapes. Um, okay. It's not important that it's the the uh, um, the best soil. Now, in our particular situation, our property had been a uh, carnation um, egg ranch facility and then later a Rex Rabbit operation. And so they had uh, uh, taken all of the manure and everything out into the field, so we have just extremely uh, fertile soil. And also, uh, see, I've had one of the largest organic gardeners here in the United States from um, South Dakota and uh, several thousand acres, and we were coming along discussing um, what he had been doing for all those generations, what they'd been doing, and I said, well, and they only get four inches of rain, Jim, and I said, well, what you were doing with that preparation of the soil in the season is creating a new temperature in the soil to, to attract to the humidity of the air based on what's happening with the temperature. He said, that's exactly right, and um, with, the, with what you're wanting to do is learn 
if you've learned, gone to your almanac or you have been studying that the weather may da da, do you do? Can you go in and do something to your soil to change to get the soil to deal with, to, to the soil to actually live with the temperature of the changes? Oh, that's interesting. I, to be honest with you, I've never thought about that. I we do irrigate, and we've been told that uh, irrigating helps oil production. Interestingly, this year because of uh, the um, a long-term rain uh, into uh, June and how cold right. it was and everything, we didn't irrigate a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And then later when it got warm, uh, we didn't irrigate because mm-hmm. we had plenty of uh, moisture in the soil. Mm-hmm. And our yield was about a, a third of what it's been in the past. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and back to the lavender as an herb, um, and where do you think the first lavender was ever grown on our planet Earth? We're a, we're a worldwide radio show, so we talk to the world. And uh, where do you think the first lavender began? You know, I really should know that, but I don't off the top of my head. I know it's, uh, I don't believe it's native to the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the doctor that we're going to have on, I did talk with him, by the way, and enjoyed him every minute uh, his background is just extraordinary, and we'll find out. But back to you and your herbs now. Uh, we'll go into the herbs a little bit here, the rest of your herbs. Well, what, is the, what are you uh, producing? What other herbs? Uh, oh, we've got um, quite a variety. We have a, a two-acre uh, garden where we have our lavender festival every year, uh-huh. and it's chock full of uh, a wide variety of um, aromatic herbs, uh, uh, one of the years ago, I used to go over to uh, McMinimins at Edgefield, and they put in a uh, really nice little aromatic uh, and edible herb garden, uh-huh. and it was such a delight to go in and, and you know, uh, grab a leaf and, and oh. roll it up in your fingers and smell some oregano. Rub it, rub it in your hands, between your hands, and smell it, yeah. It, exactly. Um, and so we have just, uh, uh, as I was mentioning, I see we've got echinacea, uh, some sages, uh, catnip, um, it goes on and on. We even have uh, calendula flowers that we uh, make a calendula infusion from. And, of course, the calendula flowers being bright yellow are a perfect match for the uh, blooming uh, lavender. The contrast oh, okay. is incredible. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, now you take herbs? I'm sorry? You take herbs yourself? Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, we'll te- teach our audience. On now, we've had Tim Blakely on, and Tim is. Have you? Do you know Tim Blakely uh, and Hawaii? He's with Frontier Natural Products. You know, I'm familiar with Frontier, but I don't know him. Yeah, Tim is uh, travels all over the world, and um, gets uh, teaches companies how to do, work with their herbs and get their herbs, acquire the herbs, and and produce them. And then also he just recently, this last few years, got into the flower and the oil and the herb of the, the flower. And, and we're back to your lavender again in a way uh, because they're finding out that there's a special quality in the flowers that they've been, uh, in other words, it's like a recycling. But um, back to um, the herbs that you take, uh, do you find particular herbs that are beneficial for you that a lot of the audience might want to hear about? Um, you know, I've uh, enjoyed ginseng, um, uh, and, you know, I've got to tell you, we make, uh, uh, at Liberty, uh, 100 different, uh, herbal extracts where, um, where we, uh, 
uh, basically take the uh, powdered herbs uh, and uh, put them in an alcohol to extract it. Mm-hmm. So we've got uh, herbal extracts. So, um, you know, if I have an ailment of something, I uh, go to the Internet and, and read up and, uh, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, if I've got a cold coming on and I want to uh, use a little bit of echinacea um, mm-hmm. or I just need a boost and, and uh, uh, make a mixture of different ginsengs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than running to the medicine cabinet. Exactly. And in I'm, my, I'm, uh, my nature's pharma first world here and the power of water studies uh, and this radio talk show too has been getting people to be proactive about how to take care of themselves. The moment you wake up in the morning, you plant your feet on the earth and you begin a day. If you have some complaint or don't feel good or whatever, don't run to the doctor. Don't run to the medicine cabinet. Stop and study about what it might be as it started and you may be able to do something about it as it began with an outlook and it being proactive and, and make it a fun hobby, a culture. Oh, and, and I, with the I, Internet and how much information you can so... Oh, the Internet is full of it. Isn't that exciting about what it's doing? Yeah, not just informing, but also uh, educating people on the proper uses. Uh, uh, anything that um, uh, can be beneficial uh, needs to be used properly or uh, it can not be beneficial, and the Internet uh, it puts that information uh, uh, in a better way in people's hands. And everybody, I don't care if Einstein was alive, he'd be on the Internet <laughs> studying. <laughs> yeah, because there's so, you can you learn about. enough? It's impossible, Jim. It's impossible to learn enough. That's, that's true. We're, uh, I've always uh, embraced the uh, continuous learning society that, as individuals that we uh, learn to love learning. Well, uh, let's go back to the lavender again. The Lavender Field Farms of Oregon now are having a festival each year uh, that are absolutely got to be fun. What do they what do, what do they do to have a festival? Well, the um, the uh, a, a group of uh, lavender uh, farmers uh, came together and they formed the Oregon Lavender Association, and they put on every year a tour of those farms. Uh-huh. And uh, it varies from smaller to uh, larger farms. And then they have an event uh, in Yan Hill uh, where they have music and uh, food and, and, and so forth. Uh, last year we participated in the tour. We also have our own uh, Clackamas County Lavender Festival, which we're going on our uh, sixth year now. And, 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 uh, and repeat that again, Jim. You have your own, what's it called? It's called the Clackamas County Lavender Festival. Uh, we're okay. in... The Oregon City area, which is in Clackamas County. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we have uh, 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 Oregon uh, wineries, and uh, we have uh, typically Oregon Trail Brewing out of Corvallis, and we have uh, quite a few different bands, and we mm-hmm. have vendors that come, and typically we get about 5,000 people over uh a Saturday and Sunday. It's the last Saturday. Oh, my Saturday. gosh, how exciting. Now, I'm hoping, I'm going to get this answer the way I'm hoping. At the festival, they're serving lavender into a lot of the new baked goods. I'm, uh, there's a woman up there that, uh, that she has um, baked uh, cookies and uh, with lavender that she said are lemon or lavender and lemon um, uh, they could be lavender alone flavor or a lemon and lavender. Are they absolutely? Um, I think they're shortbread bread cookies. Am I right? 
Oh, absolutely. We have uh, uh, McTavish's uh, shortbread uh, lavender cookies, and right. absolutely fantastic. We also make our own lavender ice cream. Oh, lavender, my gosh, lavender ice cream. Lavender lemonade. Can you imagine lavender ice cream and a little coconut? <laughs> That does sound good. <laughs> oh, that, that sound good. <laughs> Get a hold of the dairies. Oh, my. I know. And then what else do they have? Oh, we've got um, uh, lavender lemonade, um, uh-huh. lavender honey chicken. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, a lavender chocolate, of course, is a, a standard bear. And I can't tell the audience how that hint of lavender is a touch that is a flavor beyond all imagination. Uh, and then the other thing is um, is taking the lavender oil and, and and women and men too, but you can take take a spray bottle, a large spray bottle that's nice looking. They sell nice looking ones, and put water in it, and then put a lot of oil, lavender oil in it. And when you're in the shower, keep it in the shower, shake it up, and then you can spray it in the steam of the shower and get some therapeutic need uh, mm-hmm. that is really uh, mm, delicious, Jim. Uh, spraying uh, lavender water in the shower. I should tell you what we do at our Lavender Festival. We have it the last Saturday and Sunday of June because typically in a normal year, that's uh, when our lavender is ready to harvest this particular variety. So we do our first distillation of the lavender. So the entire um, uh, festival uh, is permeated uh, with uh, lavender. Oh, oh, my fragrance of lavender. And it really does affect people. Well, it, that I'm sorry, we're out of time, and I think you did a perfect job of ending the lavender. Uh, my gosh! And so we'll tell everybody to go to libertynatural.com and learn more about you and their lavender and all that's available. Sharon, it's been a pleasure. I, I and if you ever decide you have another subject on it, call me and we'll do another show because this is a new topic: lavender. All right, I'd love to do that. And by the way, Jim, as you know, it's in lavender, tea and lavender, too. I can buy lavender tea uh, also. You know, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday uh, that works with, I believe they're called Red Barn, but they're the first olive oil producer in Oregon, and they have a significant uh, facility. And they're um, uh, doing all sorts of interesting, uh, you know, how you press uh, olive they're also pressing uh, lemon rinds with it. And so I was talking to him because we were discussing they also have lavender uh, if they're going to maybe put oh some lavender. Oh, my. Can you imagine the future of that? Well, yeah. I'm out of time. We'll do it again. You bet. You be have well, and ha- thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, we only have a minute left, and I always at the show have to compliment all of our guests that we've had for ever, four and a half years on this show and over 440 people from all over the world. And what a passion, what an excitement. You embrace your life, but but Earth has a secret to do that. So be willing to learn and listen to this show. We'll teach you some thinking, and you'll want to learn. There's so much to learn. Embrace your life and somebody else's around you. It's very important. But Earth is whispering. Don't ever say goodbye, because if you said goodbye, you wouldn't leave something behind. We want to make you immortal. We want to have a new culture. I want to thank you for listening, and you have a special day, and be well. 
Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 